Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm coming to you from Jacksonville, Florida this morning on this Monday morning, November 1st. I'm so glad to have you along as we get into the Word of God, talk about it, and pray over it. I'd like to begin a series this morning where we talk about the godly family. This is so very, very, very important that we think right about the family unit. You know, it's interesting as you look in Scripture how... God pointed out the very first thing that was negative ever said in Scripture is found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Prior to this, God had created, and day after day after day, and God said, Behold, all that he made, it was good. It was good. It was good. After day six, when he created Adam and Eve, after day six, he'd said it was very good. But it, as he goes back and in Genesis chapter 2, zeroes in on the creation of man. Genesis chapter 1 is an overview of the creation process and the creation week. Genesis 2 focuses, focuses not on the chronology so much as the event of the creation of man. It's to be meant to understood topically rather than chronologically. And there in chapter 2, verse 18, for the first time in Scripture, it says, and God saw that it was not good. Something was not good. It was not good that the man was alone. And God has a solution. The solution didn't involve animals. It didn't involve other living creatures. It involved God created the woman. And God brought Eve to Adam. And God said, this is now his wife. And he gave them a commandment. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. This was the commandment of God. This was the very first institution God created. Later on in Genesis 9, God would create government, and he would give people the right to control the behavior or to punish the behavior of others who'd misbehaved after the flood of Noah. This is found in Genesis chapter 9. And then later God created the church. And this is found, of course, in, in the New Testament. Jesus promised it in Matthew 16. And then it was actually born in a day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. I've always believed that strong nations are built on strong churches and strong churches are built on strong families. If you have weak churches, or if you have weak families, you'll have weak churches. If you have weak churches, you'll have a weak nation. So you can just take that and add in that other step. If you have weak families, you'll have a weak nation. I believe there is a real attempt in our nation to undermine the family, to undermine the family unit. I don't know whether, I'm sure it ultimately comes from hell. Because this is so important to God, it's a major attack on the evil one. And we have seen in our lifetime, in my lifetime, what seems like an incredible breakdown of the family, an incredible breakdown. And indeed, there are policies our government has that encourage family, or shall we say, discourage family strength and family unity. There are policies, tax policies, economic policies, uh, government policies that focus only on children rather than families, focus only on a wife, or give special benefits if a husband is not in the home. Things like this that can tear down and destroy the strength of the family unit. Indeed, there's other things culturally 
often in, in um, Hollywood and television sitcoms, families are just are are shown not in a way that is a glorifying uh, glorifying a godly family. Rather, so many of the role models we have today, and I can remember when it wasn't this way, but so many of the role models or or, or sitcom examples we have today aren't examples of what God would want in a godly family. And let's be honest, our television is what's educating our generation in how to live. Television is is generated on how we talk, what we think is funny, how we how we do express humor, how we talk to one another, how we treat one another. Indeed, television and the multimedia has become an incredibly strong influence in this. Government has a say in it. Uh, all of these things, all of these institutions, all these other institutions are having an effect to tear down the godly family. And we live in a time when our families are weak. And dare I say, we want to live in a time we want to be strong. We want our families to be strong. There's something in Western culture that has so focused on the individual that we've lost sight of families. If you study cultures, there's what's called the honor-shame cultures and the and the guilt cultures. Our Western culture is not into the family nearly as much as other parts of the world. We're very much into individualism. We raise our kids to think for themselves, to make their own decisions, to believe what they want to believe, to choose their own path. And this is not the way it is all over the world. So much of the world, there is expectations upon the children. Why? Because they see the family as a unit and that the family must function as a unit and the family must be strong. Where you have, where you have strong families, you have freedom. We have strong families, you, you maintain certain traditions and rituals and you pass on manners and you teach children to be civil and, and to be good citizens and to how to behave and all of these things are taught in the family. And more and more our Western culture has given such tremendous leeway because we focus on such individualism. And indeed, it comes down even in our walk with God. We often are so strong on your personal relationship with God, and you've got to personally own your faith, which I do believe every child must do and get to that point. But sometimes we lose sight of the fact that as parents, we are to raise our children certain ways. I'm asked on campus, I've mentioned this before, but I'm asked on campus, Tom, did you make your kids go to church? As if this should be an option. As if we let a five-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a nine, twelve-year-old make up all their minds on, on everything they're going to live their life. My answer is yes, we made them go to church, we made them brush their teeth, we made them eat their vegetables, we made them get to bed on time, we made them go to school, get to, well, we homeschooled, we made them do all these things because that's what parents do. And parents don't just have this attitude of let kids find their own way. This is not right. This is not right. We are to give direction and guidance. When it comes to marriage, many kids are left on their own to make decisions on who they marry. Life's biggest decision without any guidance and help from their parents other than once it's all finally decided, I give my blessing, but without hardly even knowing who their child's marrying and, how they're, and giving guidance and instruction on how to make such a big decision.
Well, I want to ask you, as we're going to be looking at these things this week, we're going to be talking about the family, a godly family, and we're going to be trying to compare what should be our standards with the culture in which we're living now, that I believe it's trying to tear down the strength of the family. And of course, when that happens, what do you have? You have to have a stronger, more powerful government move in. Weak families require a government that takes the place of the family. Weak, well, weak families give way to governments that want to be tyrannical, that want to step in, that want to, have more, that want to become authoritarian. The family and the church are the two institutions that prevent government from getting out of control. When the families and the churches become weak, it's an open door for strong, powerful, tyrannical governments. We've got to be careful about this. Those who don't learn from history are destined to repeat it, doomed to repeat it. And we see this in the last century, whether it was Nazism, communism, whatever it is, the great attempt to weaken the family, parents telling children, uh, telling schools and government officials on their parents, breaking up the family, saying that the children belong to the state. We talked about this just the other morning, that when it comes to the teaching, who decides what children are to learn? I believe it's the godly responsibility that parents, we'll talk about this more in the coming day, but this morning's verse comes from Exodus chapter 20, verses 5 and 6. This is in the Ten Commandments. And as we, it's a powerful verse. And I've heard very little people talk about this, but it's a powerful verse. Are you ready? You shall work, verse 4, you shall not make yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Folks, we often don't think this, but your, your life is blessed or your life has, has either benefits or curses, problems, as a result of your parents and grandparents. And your life can be a blessing or a curse upon your own children and grandchildren. You know, on campus, I talked to students who were raised in a Christian home and have decided they no longer believe in God. They no longer want to follow God. They've rejected Christianity. They've rejected God. They've rejected the faith. I point out to them that not only are they making a choice that they, and they usually say, if there's a hell, they're willing to face it. They've made their choice. They're willing to face it. I say, do you realize you're also making that choice related to your children, your grandchildren? There may be whole generations of people that are less likely. Now, that doesn't mean God makes a choice for their salvation or, their, or, or they made the choice for their children whether they're going to go to heaven or hell. But what it does mean, excuse me one second. But what it does mean Excuse me on that. What it does mean, my friends, is if you are raising your, if you are a godly person and you are raising your children in a godly way, 
The odds of your children and your grandchildren finding God, finding Christ, going to heaven, go way up. In our family, we pray for our children. We take our children to church. We read to them the Bible. And the odds of them finding Christ go way up. On the other hand, if you're a dad and you don't go to church, you don't read the Bible, you don't pray for your kids, you don't teach them the faith, they may find it without you, but the odds that they'll find it go way down. God, we must understand that our faith is not such an individual thing that our families don't have a huge impact upon it because they do. Parents, grandparents, understand the huge impact you have upon your children and your grandchildren, the huge impact you have upon their faith, their morals, their values, the huge impact you have upon God's blessing that will come upon them. Just your serving God, your loving God, your worshiping God, just you doing that has a huge, huge, huge impact on blessing your children and your grandchildren to a thousand generations, or dare I say, bringing upon them consequences, punishments to the third and fourth generation. It's just the way it is. We wish everybody started with a totally blank slate and had no influence from anyone else. That's not true. It's not true. Parents, you are a blessing and you have the power. You know, we all, as parents, we all wanna provide for our children. Parents start often saving for their kids' college education the day they're born. Last night here in the hotel, I was talking to the, the, the night clerk, and he's his uh, child, he's divorced, but a child that he cares about and loves, doesn't get to see often, but he cares about her, he loves her, he prays for her, he wants to guard her, he wants to give her everything. He, if she needs anything, he, he, would, he told me he'd give anything for her to have all that she needs. But you know what she needs more than anything? And you know what our kids need more than anything? More than, you know, the latest gadgets, more than the best toys for Christmas, more than the, the nicest, trendiest clothes, more than, more than a big house, more than a nice car, more than anything what our kids need is they need parents who fear the Lord and love God and follow God. That gives a heritage, a legacy that's powerful. That's what they need. That's what we must give. That's more important. I'm not against the other things. but Don't sacrifice your walk with God and modeling love for God. Don't sacrifice that in order to give them other things that may not be as important. This is making sense. Think about this. In your own life, there may be problems you have. And maybe you need to take them back and say, God, is there something that's come from a previous generation in my life that I need to repent of and I need to say, Lord, break the chain. Break the chain of a generational sin that might have been passed on to me and I'm experiencing the curses of it, I'm the, or the consequences of it. And by the way, if you've had blessings that have come upon you that you don't even know, I, I know with me, sometimes I just wonder, why, why this blessing in my life? And I conclude, there must have been people praying for me. There must have been godly people in my background, whether I knew it or not. And I'm the beneficiary of it. And I'm grateful for that. And I want to pass that on. Amen? Let's pray about this. Father in heaven, we pray that we would understand this, this principle. We confess, Lord, that we live in such a 
culture that everything is so individualistic. If I want something, I work hard to get it. If I don't, it's my fault. It's so much, Lord, of an uh, emphasis on, on my personal relationship with you. We confess, Lord, how does, this, how does the family enter in? How does the faith of our fathers and forefathers, how does the faith of our grandparents, how does all that affect me? What prayers have been offered on our behalf? I want to thank you, Lord, for faithful people in my parents, grandparents, generations that I'm sure prayed for me, maybe before I was even born, and maybe people who never even knew me, and yet I'm the recipient of blessings because they walked with you and they loved you and generations ago, and I thank you. I thank you for our country and those our forefathers who founded this country, and so many of them, they, they were devout, godly, God-honoring, God-fearing people, and they gave this land and they gave their descendants, and, and even generations later, many generations later, we are the recipients of their faith and their godliness and their commitment and their devotion. And Father, we thank you for the blessings. We pray for any curses that have come upon us, Lord, in our families, any curses that have come upon us. We pray, Father, for any curses that have come upon us, that those chains would be broken in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father, and we ask, we pray and we ask that we would be a blessing to our children. Lord, I really pray for this. I just ask for every one of us here. Help us, Father, in ways we don't even know. And Lord, I know we love our children and we care about them. And some of our children, Lord, have gone astray. And some of our children aren't walking with you. And I pray, Father, step one is that that each of us who are here now, and, I, and we're showing, Lord, our love for you. We're showing our desire to follow you. We're showing our desire to put you first. We're showing our desire to fear you and keep your commandments and be men and women of faith. Lord, honor that, I pray. I think of people on this very call this morning, I know, whose children, they love them and they've gone astray. And I pray, Father, that you would see our faith and you would bless our children in ways, spiritual ways, ways we don't understand and comprehend. We ask for this blessing. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Lord, you're a miracle-working God, and we don't give up on our children. Might we be a blessing to them? We ask it. We pray it. We bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. You have a great day. Be encouraged. Understand there are forces of God is at work in your life. He's doing things you may or may not even know. Be encouraged today. Walk with the Lord. Be a man or a woman of faith. Never give up. Never give up on your children. Trust God. Has bring, will bring a blessing their way in ways you may never even know. You know, last night, as I was waiting for, to be picked up at the, at the airport, got talking to the security guard there who directs the traffic. There wasn't, it was late at night. There wasn't any traffic. We got talking. And uh, sure enough, he told me he was raised in the church and he's straying now. But it, what did he tell me? He said he knows that sooner or later they all come back and he knows he'll come back. Your kids will too. Don't give up on them. Don't give, up, don't give up on that guy. I prayed for him last night. I trusted that God was going to work in his life. Two divine appointments God gave me last night as I came in here. And trust God for your kids as well.
Alrighty, well, as you can tell, there's someone wanting to pick me up. I've got some meetings I'm involved in here shortly, and I think my ride's been calling me, dinging me. Hope it's not been too much of an inter um, interruption. God bless you. You have a great day. I love you folks. So glad you're here every day. Be with me every day this week as we talk about what a godly family should look like in the next five days. I love you guys. You have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.